Welcome to Digest and Invest, the podcast from eToro that brings you the top financial stories and discusses their effect on the markets. The content that will be discussed is intended for information and educational purposes only and should not be considered investment advice or investment recommendation. Make sure you understand the risks involved in trading before committing any capital and never risk more than you are prepared to lose. Past performance is not an indication of future results. And now on to the podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back for another episode of the Digest and Invest podcast brought to you by eToro. I am Sam North, the trading school lead here in a very cold London. Uh, and as usual, I'm joined by Josh Gilbert, based out in Sydney, Australia. Josh, how are you? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks, Sam. Good to be here. How are you? Yeah, not bad. Not bad. Is, is it uh, nicer weather there for you yet? It is, mate, actually. Yeah, it was very hot today, I must say. Um, the outlook is is looking very nice. I'm just checking the weather as we speak. Yeah, it was about 26, 27 today, so much, much sunnier today. It was nice. Um, but look, yeah, last full week in the markets this week, really, isn't it, before we get into Christmas? So hopefully 2020 brings us some, some brighter times. I know you guys have just uh, had a few more restrictions placed, but let's hope that moves behind next year. Yeah, fingers crossed. Well, I saw they took off 11 countries in the UK off the red list yesterday, which I guess is, you can dress it up as a little bit of a positive, maybe. Mm. Um, but we'll, we'll have to wait and see. Um, yeah, busy week. Busy week. Obviously, we've got the, the Fed, ECB, Bank of England, uh, Bank of Japan, all uh, coming out this week, which we can talk about um, later on. Uh, just quickly, for, for those watching on YouTube, remember to I'm just pointing anywhere here because I don't know where it's going to be. <laughs> but uh, make sure you you like, share, subscribe, all of that. And then obviously on the podcast as well, it'd be great if you could give us a rating, a good one. <laughs> but make sure you, 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 you can do that if you can. Um, on the podcast today, uh, well, we mentioned last week, I think, that we'll go through those second half of the year predictions. I think we did then. I think it's probably the last episode in June if people do want to go back and fact check check us. Uh, but we'll, we'll be honest. Um, so we'll go through that. So I want to know how you're feeling on those as we enter pretty much the last two weeks of the year um, when I sort of last 15, 16 days. Uh, we can also touch upon those central banks as mentioned and then we can maybe drum up 2022, discuss whether we're going to get a rare fourth year of returns or not. Yep, sounds good to me. Sounds very good. Nice one. Well, uh, I guess it's, you know, it's like Chris Tarrant said on, um, I'm not, I'm a celebrity. What was it? Um, who wants to be a millionaire? That's the one, I'm going to yeah. have to take your first answer. Um, yeah, completely different programs there. Uh, but same channel. Um, so how do you feel right now about those predictions? So we, we, we did, for those that don't know, we did free markets, ask yourself free markets, the S and P 500, Bitcoin, uh, and crude oil end of year predictions. So we've got 16 days left. Um, for the S&P, you said 4,800 with a possible chance of 5K. So, you know, that's that's a good enough range. Uh, oil to finish 60, 65 bucks uh, and Bitcoin to be 60 to 65K. Uh, how are you feeling uh, as yeah, we only have those 15, 16 days currently left? It's not bad. It's not bad, I wouldn't say. The S&P 500, I think, sort of done okay. It's, mm-hmm. um, you know, not a bad shout. We hit sort of 4,700-ish last week, record high before sort of falling back in the last few days. So if we would have had a bit more of a, a stronger run there, it might have been might have been in. But we've still got a, 
Um, still got a few more days left, as we say. I guess Omicron has sort of slowed down that growth for me a little bit. Last few weeks, inflation hasn't really helped either. Obviously, we've got the Fed coming through tonight as well. Um, that's all sort of set a little bit of fear into the market, risk assets selling off, tech sort of dragging down the S&P. But, you know, maybe if we get sort of an inline number or sort of um, Federal Reserve decision tonight, we might see sort of a relief rally like we did with the inflation number last week. So that could come through. I'm not sure we'll make 4,800 by the end of the year now, though. Um, I think we'll probably just get a fair bit of volatility and the price might sort of plateau, you know, drop drop down 1%, gain back 1%, sort of done that for the last uh, few weeks, hasn't it? Um, oil, I don't think that's too bad. Around $70 right now is the, is the sort of the current price. Omicron sort of helped me there, but it also didn't help me at the same time. The price obviously sort of tanked on the news, but at the same time, it also meant that OPEC weren't going to then increase production, which has obviously kept prices slightly higher or allowed it to recover pretty quickly. Um, but then we've obviously possibly going to see maybe new travel curbs coming through that could impact prices in the short term. You know, just for example, here in Sydney, there's a lot of fear at the moment. We're getting a lot of cases. We're basically rolling out or sort of releasing a lot of our restrictions. You know, no more sort of check-ins. You don't have to prove you're vaccinated anymore. Um, so there's a lot changing and our cases are, are going up. So I think there's a little bit of fear coming back. Um, and of course, you know, we're mentioning it again, but the Fed meeting that obviously, you know, we're discussing about interest rates, you know, if we're going to get some strength in the dollar there, that could push oil down a little bit. So that I think I think I'm if I'm going to be most confident about anything, I would say maybe crude um, right now. I mean, Bitcoin has really let me down, to be honest. Um, we know that Bitcoin can rally pretty hard, but I'm not sure I'm as confident as I was on 60K by the end of the year. Um you know, we're about a thirty-five percent drawdown. Um, you know, off that off that record high early November. It's really struggling to sort of pick up that momentum again. Um, you know, we, we're seeing that. You know, we've mentioned it a couple of weeks ago about that sort of fear and greed index, which is sort of still trading around that extreme fear level in terms of sentiment. Um, and I think that's we, that's that's really playing through in retail investors. And, and ultimately, risk assets have sold off. And you know, when we look at some of those risk assets and compare it to maybe Bitcoin, you know, arguably, say it's it's sort of held up okay maybe because we're sort of discussing it more and more as an inflation hedge. Um, but again, you know, just to mention some names, what we've, what we've sort of seen over, you know, from, from their record highs, you've got things like Peloton down 71%, Lemonade 71%, Virgin Galactic 71%, Beyond Meat 60%, Zoom 55%, Alibaba 55%. I could go on, but, you know, the idea here is that we're seeing a lot of those risk assets or sort of really high growth names struggling right now. And actually, ultimately, we're not maybe seeing that as much in the in the crypto market. But I think 2022 will will, will continue to see that far greater adoption from institutions and you know, I think money managers globally are going to find it difficult not to allocate, you know, Bitcoin or crypto to their portfolios, given its performance in the sort of the last two years. You know, even with its sort of sell off from the highs, Bitcoin's still up around 65, 70 percent year to date. You know, what other asset can sort of give you give you that return? So, again, you know, Bitcoin is, is letting me down, um, but maybe it might have an end of year rally. We'll wait to see. Well, I don't think it's out of the question. The way Bitcoin, can, yeah. I guess, what we need, we need, uh, and depending when people listen to this podcast, let's just say people are listening on the weekend. You, we would have wanted to have seen a really dovish week of central bank meetings, uh, and that you know will, will help push the S and P higher, risk assets higher like Bitcoin as well, and maybe on on some sort of lower 
you know, volatility over the Christmas period. We get a, you know, little Santa rally, a rally into the back end of the year. Uh, and then, you know, for, for oil, it just sort of cools a little bit. Um, and maybe OPEC just randomly come out and say, you know what, we're just going to raise production a touch, only a little bit. And it goes to 65 and we all end up very happy. Uh, and you'll be messaging me on, on the 31st of December. Be like, look, look at the price. <laughs> um, you mentioned some of the companies there that are percentage below their their all-time high. So for those that are listening, we, we, we can tweet that out. It's, um, I'm just having a quick look at a few of those, some really, really interesting um, you know, companies that are just way below that, uh, that all-time closing high. Um, interestingly, um, all, all those markets, all three of those markets, S&P, that we just talked about, crude oil uh, and Bitcoin, one way or another will be influenced by the central bank meetings. Uh, and I suppose with, with Omricron added to the mix, it explains why, why markets have sort of been on edge. You know, if we go back a couple of weeks, negative week, go back last week, great week, beginning of this week, uh, not so much as we sort of wait in anticipation for what, you know, the Feds are going to do. So it, it makes sense why we've sort of had a lack of direction. Um, so, but if we do fast forward to, to Friday, what do you think needs to happen for those markets to be higher? Uh, and also on the flip side, what needs to happen for, for markets in general uh, to, to be lower? I mean, I've said on, on webinars all week, to you know the Monday and Tuesday one that we do on the uh, eToro Academy, I've said to you know if I was a sort of a medium or, or longer term investor, I would have no interest in in sort of looking to execute positions, you know, on those Monday or Tuesday before uh, the Federal Reserve. So it'd be more of a case of I wait for the Fed and, and then make decisions uh, from then. But yeah, what needs to happen for markets to go higher, and what needs to happen for markets to go lower, in your opinion? Yeah, well, look, I think we're expecting the Fed to take a bit more of a hawkish stance now, um, you know, accelerating that tapering program and publishing a sort of a new dot plot of its interest rate hike forecasts. Um, look, they've got a difficult task. We, we've I've said it a couple of times. Inflation, you know, higher for longer. Um, have we reached that peak? You know, to be honest, if we went back a couple of months ago, I think we were expecting inflation to be at peak at around about 5.96%. It's gone higher than that. And it's obviously, as we know, much, much higher than the Fed's 2% target as well. You've got Omicron in the mix as well. Commodity prices are starting to sort of come down, um, but inflation forecasts will also be interesting. You know, the, the Fed's inflation forecast along with obviously the dot plot. Um, so the dot plot, what is it? We don't like jargon on this podcast. Um, so I'm going to break it down because you know no one likes it. No one likes to not know what's what something means. So the dot plot is it's essentially... Members of the FOMC, um, so the Federal Reserve, their projections from where interest rates will be um, in sort of coming years. So the dots aren't labelled with the person who submitted the forecast. So that's sort of up to us as, as watchers to sort of speculate who made what projection. But in the dot plot, the median dots tend to get the most attention, right? So right now in 2021, everyone will have all of their dots along, you know, probably zero. That's what was the last one we had. Um, but so what this will happen is the, the, the where we see the most dots that will get the most attention as they represent the most sort of central possible path for, for policy. So it gives us an idea of what the FOMC are thinking around interest rates. Um, so if we do see a more hawkish Fed, you know, it, it would be obviously a much bigger change from what we had in last September. Um, the last set of projections showed that nine of 18 Federal Reserve policymakers thought it would make sense to wait until 2023 for the first rate hike. Well, that's completely changed now, hasn't it? You know, the, the, that outlook is, is nowhere near. 
Um, but then, as we say, looking, you know, just recently um, in November, end of November, um, Jerome Powell, who's obviously the the chair, um, he told Congress that policymakers would consider actually tapering asset purchases actually a few months sooner. Um, and other Fed officials have signaled that their support and openness to the, the, the taper in sort of this December meeting. So even though Fed... You know, the asset purchases are often seen as, as sort of fueling higher stock prices, which is, you know, ultimately what we've seen play out in 2020 and 2021. Um, so far, you know, markets haven't, you know, been especially worried about a faster taper, you know, it seems really, because he's come out and said that markets, you know, hit a new all-time high just recently. And as I say, markets are still near record highs, um, haven't been spooked that much. You know, we've seen it affect those risk assets, I think, you know, more as we mentioned, we, we just obviously went through a whole bunch of them there. And obviously, crypto has, has come off pretty heavily since it hit that high price. Look, um, look, I don't think the market will will like, um, you know, the the new dot plot if it has three hikes in 2022. So as we say, the, the idea was in September that we wouldn't see anything until 2023. But now we're pricing in, the consensus is ultimately pricing in about, you know, two price hikes in 2022. So to answer the question, to get to the point, if we come in at consensus, which is tapering at, of 30 billion and two hikes for the dot plot in 2022, we might see a relief rally similar to what we got from the CPI data last week, where actually it was bad. But it wasn't as bad as it wasn't worse than expected, right? Because it came in, and, and when it comes in on consensus, well, the market is already sort of pricing that in because that's what we we're expecting. So the risk of markets going the other way is obviously that we could you know, overreact to the Fed's sort of reality rather than just what markets have penciled in. And we are ultimately in uncharted territory, right? We've got eight point six trillion dollars on the balance sheet in the U.S. Zero rates. And we mentioned it earlier, but it also doesn't help that we've got a quadruple witching this week. You know, ECB, um, Bank of Japan, uh, UK as well. So, you know, and, and that's just before we go into Christmas as well. And this is obviously the last week of, as we mentioned, of full trading week. So um, ultimately, markets aren't probably going to like, a, 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 you know, an unexpected dot plot that maybe has three hikes in 2022. But if it comes in at the two, two hikes, we might see that relief rally come through for markets. Do you reckon people might just say, you know what, I'm going to wait till January here. You know, I, we, we've got this week, which is an, an intense week. And if it's just, you know, chucked with some, you know, variant, new variant, Omicron uncertainty, low volatility over Christmas, do you think people might just say, you know what, new year, new investment. <laughs> I'm just going to wait till January. Yeah, it's a tough time to position the portfolio right now, though, isn't it? You know, particularly, as you say, you know, it might be a nice time to look at some of those tech assets that we mentioned that are yeah. you know, well off, well off all time highs. But then again, you run those risk of, of those losing a bit more value if we do see, um, you know, a, sort of a super hawkish Fed. Um, I just think it is a difficult time to know where to invest. You know, I think investors are, I think if anything right now, we're moving towards big caps, right? We're just going to be going into Apple, Microsoft, etc. because ultimately I think we see them as the new defensives, right? You know, we, we ultimately don't, we don't think they're going to be affected too much, huge cash balance sheets, um, high profit margins. But, you know, ultimately outside of that, there's a lot of uncertainty in most assets, right? If we look at um, you know, we spoke about with commodities, it could go one of one of either way. Crypto, again, it's still not really deciding whether it's bullish or bearish. We're sort of sat between that horizontal market right now. So it is a really difficult time to navigate. So as you say, sometimes it's 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 best to maybe sit on your hands, see how things play out and, and adjust from there. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, before we get on to to twenty twenty two, I saw something on on Twitter, and and I don't, do you know what? I don't know how accurate these YouGov polls are because I've never been asked, um, and no one I know has ever been asked. Maybe you have to be a member. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, it was on the the twenty twenty one. Uh, there is some method to what I'm saying. We are still talking about this year before we get into next year. But uh, it was the world's most admired people in 2021. Uh, and let me just go through the the top the top 10 men, okay? Josh Gilbert? No, unfortunately, the <laughs> Digestion Invest podcast, people, we didn't make it in this year. Um, so we got Barack Obama, number one, which I can understand. Then you got Bill Gates, number two. Uh, Xi Jinping, number three. Cristiano Ronaldo, number four. Jackie Chan, number five. Elon Musk, number six. Lionel Messi, number seven. Uh, Narendra Modi, number eight. Vladimir Putin, number nine. And Jack Ma, number 10. Donald Trump comes in at 13, uh, by the way. Uh, Joe Biden, number 20. And I, I just think there are more, there are better people out there. How the- is Jackie Chan getting in there? <laughs> I don't know. What's he, he's not done anything in 15 years, has he? No. I mean, for the women, we've got Michelle Obama, number one, Angelina Jolie, number two, Queen Liz coming in at number three. Lizzie. Uh, Emma Watson also flying the flag for the UK with number six. Angela Merkel coming in at eight, also relatively interesting. Hillary Clinton, number 12, just below Kamala Harris at number 11. Greta Thunberg, 15. Melania Trump, 16. Um, yeah. And uh, Jacinda Ardern, who's had a good sort of couple of years from some she's, part of the media. She's well-loved in New well Zealand. Loved, well-loved in New Zealand, yeah. Uh, but I, I found that just remarkable and also just disgraceful that we're not on there. Um, but hopefully, yeah. hopefully soon come. Um, I keep, look, we're, we're almost in 2022, uh, so we can talk about it now. I mean, we've literally, you know, we're, in a blink, we're going to be there. It's, it's just absolutely crazy how how quick this year has gone um what, what are your thoughts on it all yeah it has been pretty crazy isn't it um it's gone through it's like a with a blink isn't it but look 20, 2022 i think we expect u.s equities we we are expecting a, a fourth year of consecutive returns um yeah. you know we we think that you know reopening reflationary world in 2022 you know, that remains positive for, for most assets, despite the strong returns that we've had this year. You know, in the outlook, ultimately, um, we still think, you know, that, that interest rate is still going to be slow to sort of really take off. We'll have slightly less inflation worry. And ultimately, we think that's going to favor equities, commodities, crypto, and it's going to keep bonds and gold under some pressure. Um, we already know that sort of the um you know the younger generation are preferring to invest into crypto rather than gold i think that's obvious from the returns we've seen from both of those you know this year um and and for us equities you know another double digit return next year would be very very rare given that we've only seen four straight years of double digit returns once before in the last sort of 50 years however you know we, we think that ultimately the us markets could get close to it um and, and get close to you know double digits 10 percent next year and, and i think that's you know on the on the bull bull case but this is i think because we we see that the current consensus of earnings growth uh, and especially ex- expectations it just seems too low right now 
we think companies are doing really really well in terms of offsetting cost pressures from inflation keeping profit margins high i mean a great example is is just look at tesla right you know obviously had supply chain issues obviously had a chip shortage um you had you know companies like ford etc closing down plants but ultimately tesla just raised some of the cost of their vehicles still saw record numbers of deliveries coming through and still continue to deliver good earnings so I think we, we saw that in Q3, a lot of these companies keeping margins high and offsetting it. Um, so I think we'll see GDP growth still coming through strong. Um, and that's why we think that the, those earnings um, ultimately are, are too low. I think if we look at it, cyclical, cyclical sectors, commodities, industrials, financials, these will probably be the leaders um, going into 2022. You know, I think we, we still see that, you know, big tech is going to play a really big, important part next year. Like we say, new defensives, but probably not going to lead the, the market. I think diversification is going to be really important, um, you know, because ultimately we've got to manage risk all, as always. But uh, this bull market that we've had is is ultimately beginning to, to slow. The legs are going to tire on it a little bit. Um, so that's going to be really important for a lot of investors. Alongside cyclical sectors, you know, we also think, as I say, reopening sectors, travel, tourism, going to play a big part in 2022. We're nowhere near back to the sort of the peak travel levels that we've seen. That's going to have to pick up at some point. Look again, a lot of those travel names and you know, reopening um, in the in the tourism sector have rebounded off the lows, but they're still nowhere near previous highs, right? Or even where they were pre 2020, but they're definitely bounced off the lows. Um, small caps will play a big part in there as well. And, and importantly, these are some of the cheapest sectors in the market right now with some of the lowest sort of valuations. And I think outside of the US, obviously for a lot of our listeners in, in Europe, um, I think that's going to be a really important market that, that we should definitely consider um, exploring. Again, just like the US, um, earnings forecasts are too low. We're seeing them bounce back really quickly. And that's going to outpace that of the US. And, and we expect that trend to continue. Now, European markets as well are much more cyclical focused. They have sectors that we expect to form well, as I mentioned, financials, industrials, etc. And European stock valuations are also about 30% cheaper right now compared to the US. So that gives it a lot more room for expansion and then obviously less room to sort of fail and, and fall further. Um, so as I say, European earnings growth, we think is is still sort of too low and we expect that to be higher into, into 2022. Of course, we can't go ahead without sort of talking about those headwinds, right? We've got to we've got to look at those. Obviously, Omicron doing the rounds. Uh, we've obviously got the Fed's uh, meeting, as we say, coming through. How that's going to affect global growth? But we still think that markets are going to be more resilient. Economies are going to be more resilient to each virus wave that comes through. And as I say, Jay Powell, Federal Reserve, more hawkish. You know that that could obviously affect the markets as we know. But look, the bottom line is investors should expect a more subdued, I think, U.S. market in 2022. We're going to see volatility pick up, I think, lower returns. But we still think that there's potential for the S&P 500 to to give that double digit return in 2022. Um, anything from a technical point of view, Sam, that you're seeing in terms of like a nice trend going into 2022? Any markets that are really standing out to you? I know the UK or the, the pound has done pretty well in the last sort of week or so. Yeah. Then there's a few really interesting, interesting markets. And, and I agree with our sort of consensus here at Toro that we're going to get that uh, another year of, of gains, albeit more modest than we've seen in the last couple. Um, you know, and, and actually I, I, I've got a, a, a poll, uh, which we ran on 
the Monday webinar that we do the weekly outlook with, with Ben Lader, which people can can go to the academy and see. And, and it was sort of more on, on themes that people like. And I actually do agree with the with the outcome. Uh, and whether that be investing via the smart portfolio, which of course are, are real popular on, on eToro, or to break it down and go into these companies within these sectors. But the question was anyway, which themes do people prefer most for 2022? And I took crypto out of the answer because presumably that would have been everyone sort of go to uh, or most people's go to. Now, the, the the top two out of renewables, driverless, in the game, travel kit and China car uh, was renewables and in the game. And those are the sectors I'm really focusing on, really focusing on those sort of themes. Uh, so I'll be looking at companies within that. Um, other than that, it'd be interesting to see what the dollar does. You know, so it's such a key level right now. And we'll have a clearer picture at the end of the week. We really will after the Fed. Um, so, yeah, we'll be keeping a, a, a close watch on that. I think commodities do OK next year, too. So, yeah, it'll be it'll be an interesting one. Um, from my personal point of view, I'm probably going to look at things on Friday night, Sunday night to maybe make a decision Monday. If I don't like it, I'll probably just move over to January. So, yeah, mm-hmm. we'll have to, have to wait and see there. I think it's interesting that the in the game um, sort of portfolio that you mentioned there that sort of came up as a as a nice theme because ultimately we've seen a lot from gaming haven't we over the last yeah. sort of two years and I wonder now if sort of this chitter around the chatter sorry around the metaverse has sort of now got everyone back into to sort of the, the gaming aspect because you've got things like Roblox and uh, those companies that sort of Roblox obviously IPO'd. I think it was this year or maybe late last year. I think that's really stepped it up again because it was a great, it was a big theme early in the pandemic. Um, it obviously did really, really well in that sort of staying at home sort of aspect. And that now it obviously seems to be back in at the front and center of, of investors' attention. And obviously, renewables is one that's always been there. But I think EVs have stepped that up, hasn't they? Um, really over the last, you know, 12 to 18 months, I think that's had a big, big focus on the market. And again, we're more socially conscious than ever. So it's that doesn't surprise me, like you say, to, to see those two sort of standing out. Yeah, no, definitely. It's going to be an interesting year. I, I say that every December, to be fair. I mean, whether we can actually top, you know, the, the beginning of, of 2020, I'm not sure because that was just incredible for, for markets, albeit, you know, crazy first quarter couple, three months of the, of the year, but uh, just incredible. No one really could have foreseen that coming coming through. Um, guys, if, you, if you've made it, this far and actually just before that you mentioned in the game speaking of christmas presents and can you believe my my mum and dad and and brothers don't even list this podcast so i can talk about christmas presents but i'm thinking of getting them the the vr one of like a a family like a vr headset oculus or whatever it is um yeah nice see that but uh yeah i think that's going to be certainly a a thing that that is at the forefront of people's minds uh for for those that made it this far again i'm going to point randomly um to sort of like share and subscribe (laughs) um and uh yeah make sure you do that if you're also on on the podcast anything else you want itoro academy's got it all you can go back in there and watch the old podcast as well uh also sign up for any future webinars watch any old webinars all the guides as well are there for you look out for our twitters later as we will tweet uh, out that picture and also in the description there's hyperlinks to our twitter pages should you want to follow us um i promise not to tweet too much about arsenal uh, I am off there tonight, so tomorrow could be happy or bad. We'll see. Uh, but Josh, thank you very much for for joining as usual. 
No, thank you, Sam. And uh, I'd like to say a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year to our listeners. Uh, I won't be here next week. I'm off for, for Christmas, but Sam will be back, of course, bringing you the podcast. But yeah, very Happy New Year and uh, I'm very excited to be back in 2022. Awesome. Well, I look forward to it, Josh. Take care, everyone. Have a great rest of your day. You've been listening to Digest and Invest from eToro. For more information, visit eToro.com. <laughs>